Welcome to the Golden Hills Podcast Daily, where you can spend a few minutes each day with us to meditate on God's Word. Now, here's today's encouraging message. Hello, I'm Will Ballou, and I serve at Golden Hills as a Sunday school teacher in GHCC Kids Ministry. In today's Golden Hills Podcast Daily, we'll be in the book of 1 Thessalonians 5. Paul wrote this book to the church especially chapter five, I think in response to a question that they had, they were asking, when is Jesus going to come back? And what do we do in the meantime to prepare for that? How should we treat each other as the church, as well as are we going to be included in that when when Christ returns? The first half of that chapter of chapter five, Paul is reassuring uh, the church of their salvation and their relationship with God and who they are, that, that they're children of God. And that, yes, indeed, they are going to be included in that. They, they are part of God's family. And the second half of that, that what he does is he's talking about uh, answering the question of what should we be doing and how should we act. He starts off in uh, verses 12 and 13 to tell us, to, to tell them, and I think all of these are applicable to us uh, during times when uh, we are looking for what to do, what God's will is. So that's why I've, I've, I've uh, look, I like these verses. But in 12 and 13, he tells uh, the church, and he's telling us to uh, esteem and love our, and respect our, the leaders that he's put in our church. And so that would be our senior pastor, our elders, our, our pastors, and our staff. And he reminds them that he is the one that has placed them in the position that they're in. And that's a great reminder to us during this time because leadership, uh, especially during difficult times, is not easy. It's very lonely, and the burden and the weight of making correct decisions and making plans is very heavy and, again, very lonely. So it's a great reminder. Let's reach out to our leaders. Let's love on them. Let's pray for them. Let's make sure that we try to encourage them in any way that we can, whether a text, a social media, a phone call. Um, but let's love on them and support them, especially in prayer. Then he goes on in verses uh, 14 and 15 to, to tell uh, about the church on how we should uh, care for one another. He talks about encouragement and helping the weak, maybe the lonely, uh, and be patient with everybody. Um, and don't repay evil. Don't repay evil for evil, but always seek to do good to one another. But it's, the one another he's talking about is within the church, and he also tells us also without, with, uh, outside the church where he says, and to everyone. So that's a great reminder that we should love and encourage one another, uh, especially people that might be lonely uh, and not able to get out. Let's make sure that we're checking in on each other. Uh, and it's words of encouragement, too. Let's, let's share uh, gospel truth with people, uh, maybe uh, songs of worship that are encouraging. This is a great time to encourage one another. Then he goes on and he uh, talks in the next three verses, 16, 17, and 18, with these are verses we're fairly familiar with, about what I think are the three do's. He tells us to rejoice always, pray without ceasing, give thanks in all circumstances. Then he concludes by those, I think he's talking about these three verses, for this is God's will in Christ Jesus for you. So he tells us to first to rejoice always. And I think our rejoicing um, is something that it's, when we say rejoice always, and especially when things are going good, then that's easy. When things aren't going so well, it's not easy. And I think we confuse joy and happiness uh, fairly easy. Happiness is based on circumstances. So when things are going good and I feel good and you know, life's moving right along the way I like it, then I'm happy. Uh, when that's not true, I'm not very happy. 
but joy is a constant, and it has to do with God. I think that Psalm 1611 is the basis for that, and it, it's uh, David writing this, and he says, You, God, make known to me the path of life. In your presence there is fullness of joy. In your presence, God, there is fullness of joy. So what David is saying is that the, the, the fullness of joy, the, the whole completeness of joy is in the presence of God. So I think we could change that verse a little bit instead of saying rejoice always, but seek God's presence always. In everything that we do, constantly be seeking God's presence, and let's look for him in all things and everything. That's not always easy during uh, hard times. James 1, 2 tells us that or to count it all joy, my brothers, when you meet trials of various kinds. Then Paul goes on to explain why, and it's absolutely true that uh, we should be able to find joy in in the, the various trials that we go through because God has a purpose. There's no mistake going there. Uh, but to make a little more sense of that, because I've always in my flesh had a hard time of going count it all joy. Uh, I don't deny that it's God's word. I know it to be true, but to try to understand it and make it more tangible, uh, I did a word study on joy, and I found that in Greek, the root word for joy is the same root word as grace. Now, I'm not saying that grace and joy are the same. I'm not saying that at all. I'm not rewriting the Bible. But what I'm saying is that joy and grace are definitely connected by the same root word. When I found that out, then it made more sense to me, James uh, 1-2, when I changed the word joy to grace. Count it all grace, my brothers, when you meet trials of various kinds. Now that I know that grace and joy are connected, and the connection is God, it's absolutely God, because joy is, the the completeness of joy is the presence of God. And so God's presence in the midst of our trials is flowing out the grace that we need to be able to to, uh, go through those trials. And so that is what I think Paul's talking about is to rejoice always, is that in the good times and in the bad times, know that it's God's presence uh, that we're seeking, and that his grace is abundant and full and flowing and will get us through any trials that we might have. Then he goes on and he says to pray without ceasing. That's not easy to do. I don't think Paul's talking about getting down on our hands and knees and in a prayer position with our hands folded and pray 24-7. In fact, as Jesus told us not to empty, not to pile up empty phrases and not to use many words uh, in our prayers, but uh, we're told to pray without ceasing. So that's an ongoing, um, more of a posture of the heart. And so I've come up with what I think is a, a definition of that phrase and for me at least, and it's a constant and conscious awareness and relationship with God in everything. And so not unlike joy, that joy of is trying to seek God's presence, the same thing is with prayer. When we pray, we're not telling God anything he doesn't know. It's about a relationship with him where we can share our heart with him. We can share what we're going through. We can praise him, worship him. We can lay out complaints to him. Uh, we can tell him uh, the, the good and the bad that uh, we're feeling and share our emotions with him. And yet, at, during those times, it, we always go back to the truths that we know of God because he is the one that is solid and faithful and, and true, not our emotions. And so that is what I, I think that pray without ceasing uh, means. What Paul is telling us is try to have a, a constant and conscious awareness and relationship with God all the time. 
And then he goes on and tells us to give thanks in all circumstances. Uh, and he, I believe that that also is a posture uh, of our heart more than, uh, than really our actions. When we're thankful, we maintain a soft heart, a tender heart to what God's doing in our lives. Uh, knowing that he's good doesn't mean that we understand what we're going through, and it doesn't even mean we like it. But what it is is that we're thankful to God because we belong to him, and we know our salvation, our eternity is in his hands, and it's been guaranteed through what Jesus has done, the completed work of Christ. Not to be thankful has a tendency to make us very hard-hearted, and we become grumblers and negative and complainers. And uh, the Old Testament uh, talks about that during the Exodus with the people of God. So I think what Paul's telling us is to give thanks in, um, in everything, in all circumstances. In fact, as the uh, New American Standard says, in everything, give thanks. Let's keep our hearts soft and sensitive to God and what he's doing. And then it ends is, this is, God's, this is the will of God for you in Christ Jesus. Um, and... I think that it's really important because during difficult times, I know that I ask God, what's your will? What are you doing in times like this? And we want to know. It says, this is God's will for you. And it's in Christ Jesus. And so we know that the things that he wants us to do right now is to rejoice always, to pray without ceasing, and to give thanks. So he's telling us to seek God's presence always. And be in a posture of our heart where we are constantly and consciously aware of our relationship with God and we're working on that. And we want to make sure that we're soft-hearted towards God. Don't allow our hearts to get hard, but to say, stay soft, knowing that He is working. Um, another verse that would be great for us to see that about God's will, and I don't have time to talk about it, but I do ask that you look it up. Look up John 6.40, and uh, it's really encouraging. So that's our devotion for the day. Um, I love you all, uh, praying for our church and our leadership. God bless you. We hope today's episode was a blessing to you. Please make sure to subscribe to the Golden Hills Podcast in your favorite podcast app, like Spotify, Google Play, or Apple Podcasts. And of course, you can always find us on the web at www.goldenhills.org. We hope you'll visit with us again tomorrow.